When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined, as always, by Jordan Renan, by James Scratch. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. Both Jordan and James were out at the Combine in Indianapolis last week, so we're going to talk to them about everything they saw, how it pertains to the Giants, and really kind of recap the Combine and think about what it means for the Giants, who have the number 10 pick uh, in the 2016 NFL Draft. Jordan, we'll start with you. How was Indy? Indy was long. We were there for quite a while. Uh, but you know what? You got a little taste of the draft prospects. You got a, a, a better idea sort of of where everybody stands. You talk to some people out there, get a general gist of where the Giants are in that regard. But, uh, you know, we also talked a little free agency out there. So you get a little idea of where the Giants stand in free agency. And I wrote about that. That's on the website that came out on Monday. This is when we're taping our podcast. So uh, we have an idea of sort of what the Giants are thinking with their own free agents, and we'll, have, we'll talk about free agency next week. But, uh, yeah, you just have a better idea of how the team is doing and where everything stands. You talk to Jerry Reese. You talk to Ben McAdoo. So successful week out in Indianapolis. And this is a, pretty, I mean, this is a big year, James, not only because the Giants have so much cap space, which we'll do next week, as, as Jordan talked about, as we get ready for free agency. But, I mean, the 10th pick in the draft, when you have a top 10 pick, I think it – I think for fans, at least, it puts an extra emphasis on all this combine coverage, all the stuff you've been writing. If the Giants had the 22nd pick, it's you know always a big deal the first round in the entire mm-hmm. NFL draft. But I think there's something different for fans, at least, when you have a top 10 pick and the excitement you know, and the months leading up to it. Yeah, definitely, because, I mean, you know, obviously everyone knows the big names, the guys like Bosa and Laramie Tunsil and Jalen Ramsey. But when you're picking 22, there's no chance you're ever going to get those guys. When you're picking 10, it's not really likely that you're going to get those guys either. But you start to have the thought of, well, you know, if this guy falls or if this team decides to go for a quarterback and then, you know, I think fans get excited. They can kind of talk themselves into a world of possibilities with the number 10 pick. And I think that really kind of generates the excitement. And from the Giant fan standpoint, I mean, the Giants need a lot of help in a lot of places. So uh, the number 10 pick is really going to be important as they hope to, you know, as Jerry Reese said, get back in the NFC East hunt next year. Yeah, they need a lot of help. We know that, and they have a lot of different avenues to go about finding that help uh, as this offseason continues. Before we get into the Giants' potential picks and some of these guys and how you feel about them maybe now after the combine compared to before, I want to get from each of you uh, a couple prospects that you saw and your thoughts on them, just big-time prospects over there at the combine or names that you were able to pay attention to and kind of hone in on when you were in Indianapolis. So for each of you, 
We'll give give a guy that you were impressed by, and then maybe one you were a little disappointed by, uh, just based on what you had heard, what you had seen from his tape, or just some games you'd watched with him in college football. So let's start with someone that impressed you, Jordan, out there in Indianapolis. Well, start with you know we're not the media is not really allowed inside the the stands for most of these things, but they do let us in. There's availability uh, to get in for the quarterbacks uh, sessions. There's one in section one and session two. I got in for the second session on Saturday, and I had, I really I mean I really know knew nothing about Carson Wentz. You know the quarterback from North Dakota State. You hear a lot about him in regards to the fact is I've never seen North Dakota State play a game. I don't know if anyone else has, but I think most people who are even co- strong college football fans have never seen North Dakota State play a game. So uh, I went in there completely open mind, knew nothing about Carson Wentz, and. I saw a talented kid, looked good, skills, looks the part, threw the ball well, and you could see the difference between him and most of the other quarterbacks out there on the field in that group. Now, granted, Goff, who's the other top quarterback in this draft out of California, uh, he wasn't in that group, but you put him next to even Paxton Lynch, who was a guy from Memphis who was a a little shaky with his accuracy. Uh, You can see he has good physical skills. And then everyone else was just significantly below those two guys. So I think I saw with Carson Wentz the reason why many consider him to be a high pick in this draft. And here's why I plays the Giants and why it's an important thing that Carson Wentz showed out so well is the fact that, okay, if Wentz and Goff are both considered franchise quarterbacks and they both now go in the top ten picks, that is more defensive players or you know, the other non-quarterback position players available now to the Giants. So I think that was very important for them. So Carson Wentz, to me, impressed me very much uh, with his physical skills and just everything he sort of brings to the table seems like a pretty clean prospect. The only thing that kind of works against him is the fact of what kind of competition did he play against. But when it comes to quarterbacks, teams are willing to take an up, take a, take a flyer. It's not really a flyer in the top ten, but – be a little more lenient with that and not drop, drop him down the board. So very beneficial to the Giants. Carson Wentz presses me. Yeah, Jordan. I mean, when you talk about Wentz and anyone that has that kind of arm and, and you know, just physical tools, that is going to impress teams. And uh, he's certainly one, I think, that just kind of bursts on the national radar. And I'm with you. I haven't seen much of Carson Wentz in terms of actual games at North Dakota State. But he's one now that it feels like everyone's getting to know his name. James, how about for you? Who is someone – that impressed you, whether or not you knew a lot about them going into the, the combine, or they kind of just burst on the radar for you the way Wentz has for so many of us. A guy who really impressed me was Shaq Lawson. I knew about him going in, the Clemson defensive end, because when you look at all the mock drafts and you look where the Giants stand, and you know any need pass rushers, he's a guy who was popping up a lot, and you, know, you kind of figure that if they're not going to get a guy like Bosa or Buckner, then he might be the guy who's there for them at 10. Um, I thought he was really impressive with his uh, his interview. I mean, with the media. I mean, there's only so much you can tell from that. But I thought he handled that well. And he had a great day on the field in workouts. Four seven forty. I think was fourth best amongst defensive linemen. His shuttle was good. You know, good vertical leap. Um, he's explosive. You know, he's got good size. He can play the pass and the run. Um, so I think I put this on Twitter. But as I left the combine, I thought there's a really good chance that. You know, and come April, Shaq Lawson's going to be the guy who the Giants take at 10. How about the other side for you? Can I, add, can I add one thing on that? Yeah. Sure, sure. Joe, you know, the thing we got to keep in consideration when the Giants pick 10, you were talking about the 10th pick before and what it means to the Giants. 
when you're picking this high, you're looking for – and they've said this. They've come out and said this before. They're looking as clean as prospects as possible. So when you're looking at that, that means guys that have, you know, that have the, the character, that have, don't have the questionable background, the guys that have produced. You're more likely to get those kind of guys. And Lawson, maybe the tape – we'll see if the tape matches up and the, the, the skill matches up to being the 10th overall player – but I think what James is you know, bringing up a point is that that's a clean, fairly clean prospect right there. A guy who's produced, he fits the, the physical characteristic build, he's 270 pounds, you know, uh, he doesn't have character issues, he's supposed to be a good kid, the, the interviews were supposed to be supposedly pretty good. So that's, the, that's why that kind of guy sort of fits the bill when you look at, okay, Giants at 10, or guys like that, guys that have... Are cleaner, are fairly clean prospects when you're picking in the top ten is a key thing with them, and then that's that sort of was the deal. I mean, with when they picked ninth last year and twelfth the year before, when you're talking about Flowers and Beckham, uh, those were two guys that were pretty clean prospects coming out. So look they for definitely that were, yeah. And it, it reminds me back even you go way back to '04 when they took Eli Manning. I remember Ernie Acorsi at that time talked about the idea that the Giants don't expect to pick that high. I'm sure they want to move forward here and not be picking in the top ten again. So when you have one of these picks. You know, they really want to make it count, not just an upside, but like you guys are saying, make sure you don't take a kid that's going to be a gigantic bust for you because then you do find yourself back in the top 10. That's not a place they want to be. So, Jordan, yeah, like when, you, when you're at 32nd, you could pick a guy like you end up picking a guy like David Wilson, who did have some injury problems. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a risk. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, but you're picking 32nd, so it's different. It is. It's, it's not the same. It's not, it's still the first round, but it's just. When you have a top 10 pick, the, you know, a team like the Giants doesn't feel like they're going to be there again, so you really want to make it, um, make it work here for them. And, and we'll get into who they might be able to take and who some names are for them. But how about the other side of this? Someone, Jordan, for you that didn't impress you, or you were kind of just you know, a little confused by why there's hype, or you, what, you walked away saying, I don't know about this prospect. Yeah, this is a uh, you know, perfect segue. It's Noah Spence for me. I mean, uh, the defensive end. At a uh, was it Eastern Kentucky? I always want to say Western Kentucky because I don't know anything about Eastern Kentucky. Uh, it's almost like North Dakota State. But you know, this is a kid who went to Ohio State, was second in the SEC. I'm sorry, uh, second in the Big Ten in sacks as a sophomore. But he had problems, and they were drug related. He ended up uh, getting basically kicked out of Ohio State. Ended up going to Eastern Kentucky. He tried to rebuild his reputation. He did, uh, but you know. He's 250 pounds to me. Somewhat, that's right there. Something you got to look at when you're talking about the Giants and you're talking about a 4-3 defensive end. Uh, supposedly, reportedly questionable interviews. Uh, and I just heard you know, there's, there's some risk when you're talking about Noah Spence. There's some things with him you're talking about, his past in particular, that make him a risk. So with the 10th overall pick and just everything, he didn't run particularly great either. He didn't blow the 40-yard dash away. Uh, I forget what was his number. It was a four eight, James? Yeah, something like that. It was so actually, I think pushing four nine. Yeah, it was so, not a good, not a good day for him. Yeah, just not a dominant number, the kind of number you want. Like we said, cleanest uh, prospects that we could find when you're talking about with the tenth pick. And to me, for a guy who some people were mocking to the Giants, uh, you know, that's something that needs to be of concern, and it kind of says to me, probably not top 10 pick, uh, just too much peripheral stuff for him that, uh, yeah, he ran a 4.8 on the dot. So Yeah, Spence would definitely be a risk. I mean, there is, there's potential there. He can rush the passer. We know what he did, you know, statistics-wise at Eastern Kentucky, even though it's hard to 
kind of equate that to, to what that means in terms of what he would do against bigger competition, but he was at a big school like Ohio State at one point. So Spence a risk and maybe someone that disappointed you, Jordan. How about for you, James? Someone, I mean, you talked about lawsuit or someone who impressed you. Who was the opposite of that? That's someone you sat there and you said, I'm not sure about this prospect now after being in Indianapolis. You know, for me, and it's not necessarily anything of, of his own doing, Jalen Smith, the linebacker from Notre Dame, I mean, there was a lot of talk about him coming in, and it just seems like his medical exams went really bad. Um, you know, I guess people are saying that there might be some nerve damage in addition to his, his knee injury that he's rehabbing from. Most teams don't think he's going to even play in 2016. And, um, you know, just from a Giants standpoint, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk about could that take a linebacker, you know. There was a chance that if, if Jalen Smith was healthy enough and it checked out that, you know, either they could have taken a linebacker potentially at 10 because it would have been Smith and Miles Jack or someone else up on that board would have taken a shot on Smith and another quality player maybe would have dropped a rung or two to where the, fit in where the Giants are. But it just seems like Smith, you've you got to start wondering, is, is this guy even going to play again? And if he does play again, is, is he going to be the same? I mean... You know, it seems like he's not going to be a first-round pick. And, you know, once you kind of fall out of the first round, a guy can just spiral, and I don't think you have any idea where he's going to fall. Yeah, he's you a gotta, hard one. The, the it really feels comes... like he's a hard one to evaluate now. If he's not going to play for a full year, it's, it's tough for teams to make that pick. The dilemma comes like this. When you pick, at what point are you willing to get a player who possibly, this is the way that it goes to check that, will never play again. And that's certainly not in the top first, second, or third round. And you can't just take you can't take a chance on a player who you think may never be able to get back. I mean, that, that's, that sounds like, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round. It's funny with a guy like him because it almost goes from no way, no way, no way. Then all of a sudden it's like, maybe we should take this guy. Like there is, there is talent there that he was talking about as a first round pick. And then I don't know where that, that spot is, like you were saying, Jordan. Is it the fifth round? Is it the sixth round? Is it the seventh round? But it almost becomes like this amazing yeah. lottery ticket if you do get him and he can play and play well again. But what, mean, point, what point are you looking at and saying, all right, I'm all right with taking a player who will take a risk on him, but there's a possibility medically, and this is, of course, if the records say, you know, you hear some different things. But at what point are you not willing to have a player to say, oh, well, we, you know, he just didn't pan out. He's not, never going to play a game. I mean, would you do that in the fourth round? Would anyone take a fourth rounder with that? Or third rounder? It's a little high, probably. Probably fourth, fifth. Yeah. fifth. I'd probably start feeling okay about it. I mean, then, then it feels yeah, like all okay. those picks Good. at that point are just lottery tickets. But, yeah, before that, it's hard to do it. I think it depends on the team, too. I mean, right. you know, if, if you're the Carolina Panthers, you're Dave Gettleman, and, you know, you, you feel pretty good about your, who you have at linebacker, you know, hey, maybe, maybe you can risk a fourth round pick. But if you're the Giants, I mean – you can't be doing that at this point because you know if you bring you need you need bodies you need players and to bring him in and yeah it could be the greatest pick you ever made but it also could be worthless and the Giants have wasted too many mid round picks in recent so, years they can't so for the Giants where would you put it James what would you if you're the Giants what would be your cutoff like is is there a point where you if the Giants would think that's you would do it at all fifth or sixth round maybe. Maybe if I could trade into the seventh, obviously I don't have a seventh round pick because of the bread wing deal. But I mean, yeah, I, I can't imagine you do anything more than that. I mean, look, who knows? Like Willis McGahee blew out his knee, and I know it was a totally different situation, but they worked their way back up into the first round by the time the draft rolled around. I, I don't see that happening with Jalen Smith, though. 
I don't either. Yeah. I remember I think that I'd be happened. at sixth was, or seventh round. Yeah. That was like Drew Rosenhaus just working his magic. Remember that? And like no one was going to yeah. take him, and all of a sudden he was in the first round. It was like, what? Yeah. yeah that, was, that was amazing. And we'll see what happens with Jalen Smith and, and where that goes. All right, let's transition here to some guys that could be in play when the Giants are on the clock at number 10. You guys were out there in Indianapolis. It was a full week. Basically, all these prospects that will be in or around this range for the Giants going through all these drills, the interviews, teams getting to know them. So all these mock drafts from you know you guys, from everybody, that's what this is. It's mock draft season. And there's all these different names probably associated with the Giants. There'll be more. But let's tackle – we have five names here. And I want you to tell – each of you to tell me hot or not on them, meaning hot, yeah, this makes sense for the Giants and it, it's something you think that would, could really happen or not. Maybe the Giants should stay away. All right, we'll start here. We'll go to Jordan and then we'll go to James on all of these. That's the order we'll go in. Let's start with a guy that we talked about already, uh, Shaq Lawson, defensive end from Clemson. James, uh, J- Jordan, excuse me, we'll start with Jordan. For you, hot or not for Shaq Lawson at number 10 for the Giants? Hot in regards to that, I think it's a possibility he really tested well uh, athletically. Uh, 40-yard dash time, running, jumping, looked very good in drills. I'm not sure if the tape matches up to him actually being the 10th pick. But right now I'm going to go hot because I think that's, that seems like a realistic pick and uh, you know a reasonable possibility. Pass rusher, 10, clean prospect, perform well athletically. Uh, and on top of that all is he has production at the college level to back it up. So I'm going to go with hot. James, how about for you? I know you already talked about Shaq Lawson and, and how much you like him as a player. Do you think he fits the Giants at 10? Hot for the pick at 10 for the Giants. Yes, I will say hot. I mean, look, I, I think that obviously a guy like DeForest Buckner, you know, if, he, if he was there, that's a no-brainer. But at the same point, I mean, the Giants are going to have to pick someone at number 10. And we know what their needs are. We know they have to get pass rushers. This is a guy who... I believe led the nation in tackles for a loss. He had double-digit sacks. He can play the run. He can play the pass. He's tested well. Obviously, Jordan's right. You have to look at the film and everything. But he's just a guy who makes sense for the Giants. And most importantly, he's a guy who it seems like he's going to be available for the Giants. You know, a lot of these guys the Giants might target, they might be off the board in the first nine picks. This seems like a guy who's going to be there in all likelihood for them. He does seem like it. Of all the mock drafts I've seen, I don't think I've seen many that have uh, Lawson off the board before number 10. So if the Giants like him you know, as much or more than you guys do, that's certainly, uh, that certainly could come into the equation for them. All right, let's stay with the same position, pass rusher, something that will be a need for the Giants no matter what they do in the next couple weeks in free agency. We've all agreed they need more than one or two. They need waves of pass rushers. So we'll throw another one out there, one that you already touched on, Jordan. I think we kind of know your answer on this. But hot or not for Noah Spence, Eastern Kentucky, for the Giants at number 10? Yeah, not. You know the answer. I mean, I gave you the reasons before. Just doesn't look like a 4-3 defensive end to me on top of the fact that he's all those questions. So for me, that's an easy not. James, how about you? Noah Spence, someone that uh, there's a lot of question marks about. There's some talent there. Do you think at 10 it would be a good pick for the Giants, hot or not? No, not. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I'm sure Spence is going to go in the first round, but I would think that he might fall down to the, the later part of the uh, first round. I mean, look, uh, to me, drafting Noah Sense never really added up to the Giants. He's a 3-4 guy. He did not test well in Indianapolis. 
and he's got major character concerns. I mean, you know, this is a guy who, remember, like, obviously he had the drug issues at Ohio State. He also got arrested for public, intoxic- excuse me, public intoxication, I believe, after he was already dismissed from Ohio State. So he's a guy who, who's had a lot of issues off the field. And, you know, the Giants, is the, I just think he's way too big of a risk at number 10. You know, as Jordan said, you want a clean prospect. And he is not a, he's not a guy who fits that mold. And the Giants can't screw this pick up. And I think that Noah Spence is a guy who you are giving yourselves a very good chance of screwing up if, if you pick him at 10. Yeah, it would be a risk and certainly one that would have to be a big reward uh, for the Giants to feel you know, good about that within a year or two. Otherwise, there always will be that, that kind of worry there. Before we jump to the offensive side of the ball and, and talk about a couple prospects there that could be in play for the Giants at 10 and after the combine and, and the way these mock drafts are going, let's stay with defense for one more. And before either of you give your hot or not, I have to say I just know that if the Giants walk up to the podium and say this kid's name and I'm about to say – it doesn't even matter what he did in college. It doesn't even matter what people really think of him in the pros. Because he's a linebacker, most Giants fans will probably approve of the pick just because they've been screaming for a linebacker high in the draft for a long time. Jordan, we go to you. Miles Jack, linebacker from UCLA, hot or not for the Giants at 10. And obviously the fans would just you know, eat it up if a linebacker finally came with a high pick. I'm going to go with hot. I mean, I just, you know, look. I'll, I'm going to be writing about this, but the Giants do believe that they need linebackers. They know they need linebackers, not just a linebacker, linebackers, plural. Okay? So the idea that they would absolutely not draft a linebacker if the right player was there, I just don't think that that's accurate. So to me, Miles Jack, hot. I know he didn't do much at the combine, but there's, I also heard from people that really like him. I know there's a lot of people out there that really like him. This is a talented kid a good player, uh, the Giants, you know, 6'1", 245 pounds, they can make that work hot for me. James, how about for you? Miles Jack, I mean, the Giants don't usually take linebackers <laughs> this high, but I, I do agree with Jordan. If the player's right, I don't think some sort of, you know, internal rule or thought process will take them away from taking him. It's just a matter of is he a good fit at 10, hot or not? Oh, I mean, hot, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to be at 10. I think that's the biggest problem with the, with the whole thing. Is that you know all indications are he's like a modern football player. He's a guy who can play all three downs. He doesn't have to leave the field, um, you know. And, and obviously, I, the injury it doesn't seem to be as nowhere near as big of a concern as with Jalen Smith. Obviously, he you know blew, he had a knee injury last year at UCLA. But I mean, look, he's got everything. If the Giants could get him at ten, they should sprint the card or however they tell the league who the pick is these he days. He can you, cover. Cover. Amazing concept. Yes. I mean, I have to think that if Miles Jack is on the board at seven, that the Giants would take I – mean, I would think they would take him, and he'd be a tremendous pick. But I don't see – I mean, he, he to me, he seems like he's a top-five guy. I, I, w- I would be shocked if he falls past Jacksonville at five. So. Yeah, and that would be – I mean, that team is, is – people. a lot of people think that team is on the rise. That would make some sense for them, and – uh, I've seen him to the Bears. I think it's seven or wherever they're picking. And uh, I'd probably be, I'm with you, both of you guys, probably not going to be there for the Giants, but certainly uh, would be intriguing if he is there at 10, a linebacker that high in the draft. All right, we jump to the offensive side of the ball. Let's start on the line. I mean, the Giants have invested a lot draft pick-wise 
in their offensive line with high picks the last few years, Justin Pugh, um, Eric Flowers, Richburg. I mean, three-fifths of their line next year will be first or second round picks in the last few years. That could happen again at 10 if they think a guy is worth that, and they'd really be you know, 80% of the way, I guess, in their minds to rebuilding that offensive line. How about Ronnie Stanley, offensive tackle Notre Dame, Jordan? Is, is that kid, and would that be a good fit, for, hot or not, for the Giants at 10? Uh, you know, investing in an offensive player is a tough thing for asking the Giants to do. I mean, they've invested, what, four straight drafts in the first round in, in, in uh, offensive players? Uh, so, I don't know. Everyone loves Ronnie Stanley. If he's available, it's very intriguing. I'm going to go, I guess, hot, hot. I mean, I'm not sure if I could turn that down. The, here's the thing, and this is what you got to like about the draft. It doesn't have to be a defensive player in the draft because what the defense has is depth. So you can go and then get maybe, you know, you don't have to sit there and reach for that pass rusher if there's not that guy who's as talented as Ronnie Stanley, if he's the guy that's sitting there that's sort of dropped out of the top ten and everyone that they have you know, in the top seven or whatever on their board. So if he's there, I'm going for it. I'm loading up on that offensive line, put Ronnie Stanley out there at right tackle, or if you want, you could flip him and, and Flowers at a later date, and uh, you got an offensive line there that's going to be your line for a while. So you ride that, you, you try and build your running game, you know, and, you know, have Beckham, Manning, and an offensive line that should be darn good. So... I'm going to go with hot on that. I, I like Ronnie Stanley and everything I've heard when I, everyone I've talked to kind of thinks Ronnie Stanley's a top 10 talent as well. Yeah, it's intriguing at, at the very least. I mean, they, a lot of people probably would say they have to go defense, have to go defense. But like you just illustrated there, Jordan, I mean, they would have four guys on their offensive line. And you could try to find one more through free agency or however you do it. But four out of five, I mean, it would be in a way similar to what the Cowboys have done the last few years. It might not be as good as that one, but to build a young offensive line to protect Eli probably for the rest of his career. Uh, certainly intriguing. James, where are you on on uh, Stanley and, and the Giants and an offensive tackle at 10 if if they like him and hot or not for him? I would go hot. I mean, look, has there ever been a team in the history of the NFL that's had a problem with having a sensational offensive line? Not that I could think of. No. No one's you ever know, said, you know what, their offensive line, it's just too good. They don't need all those guys. Yeah, I mean, like, I know, like, there's been a lot of, like, you know, debate in, in, the, in the comments on NJ.com, and it seems like some people have giants, like, their offensive line could be, like, almost, like, too gold-plated, and I just don't get that. If Ronnie Stanley is there at 10, and you don't really, you're not too crazy about any of the defensive players, I mean, take them. I mean, think about it. If you had Stanley and Flowers tackles, you have... Pew and a right guard, maybe it's Bobby Hart, maybe it's a free agent, and you have Richburg as your center. I mean, my goodness, you're set to roll for the next five, six, seven years. Um, if he's there and the Giants don't like any of the defensive guys, they should take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I don't know about two gold-plated. I mean, let's be honest. The likelihood is that one of these guys won't pan out. Uh, you know, you're not, the chances that all four of them end up being pro bowlers is probably slim. You know, if they draft Stanley. No, I so, mean, I don't know about Pro yeah, Bowl. No, I'm but, saying that's why, the, that's why that argument just take, you know, has no merit to me. Yeah. So, you know, you take him if you have it. If that's the best guy by a wide margin on your board, you take it. You go. I mean, it's not like they can't help him. Well, of course. They could use him. And they, they had problems on the right side last year. Even though they have three good young ones, that's, that's still only three-fifths. They still need to fit two more spots. 
whether it be with veterans, free agents, or whatever they do in the draft. All right, our last guy here, our last prospect to, say, say hot or not for the Giants at 10. This one, not an area I think almost any fan would say they should target with the 10th pick in the draft, or they should spend a lot of money on in free agency, but certainly one that beyond the top guy in the depth chart, there is a lot of question marks. The top guy in the depth chart at wide receiver, obviously, is Odell Beckham Jr. Beyond that, we'll see what Victor Cruz can do if he can ever come back. And Ruben Randall now set to be a free agent when that opens next week. So that brings us to this prospect, Laquan Treadwell from Ole Miss, uh, either the number one or two receiver. A lot of people do believe he is the number one receiver in this draft. I know James feels very strongly about that. I would tend to agree. Jordan at 10, if Treadwell is there with the idea of him being the number two, pairing him with Odell Beckham Jr., hot or not, Laquan Treadwell for the Giants at 10. I Look, he, I was in there. That He was part of that group that I went to see with my own eyes. And I thought he was, you, not even knowing it was him at first because you're sitting pretty far away and I didn't have the a roster with the numbers, I could tell that that was the best wide receiver on the field. And I was impressed. Everything looked good to me. Crossed up all the boxes. But I'm still going to say not. And the reason I'm going to say not is because people I've talked to, everything I've heard, he's not a top 10 pick kind of guy unless he goes in there and runs a 4-4, you know, 40, which the four, he didn't run at the draft. So as he goes out there and shows that he's also a burner and everyone's been underestimating his speed, I'm going to say not because I don't think he's a top, the top, you know, one of the top 10 players in the draft. Although I was impressed. I thought he caught the ball well. He's a good receiver. He's 6'2", 220. He's the kind of big guy that I would like to pair with Odell Beckham on the other side. What do you have, 16 touchdowns, I think, in, in uh, the past two years, and that's with missing games as a sophomore at Ole Miss. So a lot to like about Laquan Treadwell, but I don't think I'm willing to go and put the, the 10th pick on a wide receiver, especially this wide receiver at this point. Unless, it might change. Let's see him go at his pro day and run a really low number and show everyone that they're, they were wrong on his speed. But until then, I'm going to say not. James, before we started this podcast, you had said, you know, before we, we went on and went live here, that Treadwell is, in your mind, definitely the top receiver in this draft. Does that mean for you he would be hot at number 10 or not for number 10? I'm going to – look, I think Treadwell's the best receiver in the draft. I'm going to say not for these reasons. As we said at the beginning of the podcast, Giants have a lot of needs. And it just seems to me that receiver they, – they need a number two receiver. But it's, I just think that's something that you can address in free agency for a relatively affordable cost. Or if it's later in the draft with a guy like, you know, I think Leontay Cruz, obviously a name that you're going to hear a lot. But, but not, maybe there's other guys you can get in the third or fourth round, second round that can fit that role. You know, I just think that the Giants have a lot of pressing issues. And I, I don't know if getting a receiver at number 10 is the right one. Yeah, I think a lot of people, even though they might like this kid or there might be a lot of potential there, I think a lot of fans would probably agree with both of you that uh, it, it might be a hard sell unless, like you said, Jordan, he goes out there and next time we see him run, he just runs a speed that, that makes you just start thinking about what he and Beckham could do together uh, as a one-two punch. So we went through our hots, we went through our knots, we talked about the guys that you were impressed with, the, co- the combine maybe not so impressed with, and now... We move forward here as we look forward to what's coming. And, and next week, obviously, free agent will see will begin. We're doing this podcast on a Monday. We'll do another one uh, to get you ready for free agency. The one question I want to end with for both of you guys is do you expect anything with the Giants and maybe some of their soon-to-be free agents before free agency opens in, in terms of a guy they have on the roster now 
Do you think the Giants will or try to get anything done this next week, or are all these guys probably slated for the open market? We'll start with you, Jordan. Any uh, any thought on that? Yeah, I mean, look, they want to bring Robert Ayers back. They would like to bring him back. They would like to bring JPP back. But I don't know if anything's going to get done with either of those guys. They're not dying to bring anyone back. Prince as well. Uh, that's another guy I think that they're willing to let see what his value is on the market and then see if they're willing to invest that. They're not willing to drop, you know, they're not, they don't have anybody where say, we're, we're going to bring that guy back at all costs. We need to get this guy back. I don't think they're viewing it that way right now. They're going to assess the market. I think that defensive end is obviously their number one priority, and improving that pass rush is their number one priority. So we'll see how that goes. If there's a guy that comes back before the legal tampering window on March 7th, I think it has the best chance to be a lower-level guy, maybe like a, just a Cullen Jenkins. So, you know, here you go, one-year one minimum contract. You want, you want to come back for that, something along those lines. Everyone else is going to kind of see where the market is at, and then the Giants will proceed from there and see if they're willing to pay that much money for that player. So I think that's sort of the way we're going to look at it this week. Maybe, you know what, a guy that it could happen with could be Josh Brown. <laughs> That's one of the kind of guy that maybe I could see the most likely to be re-signed before free agency actually begins on March 9th and they could sign with other teams. James, are you in the same boat that we probably, for most of these guys, maybe Brown you know, in his own category, but for most of them, we're heading towards next week and everyone kind of hits the open market at once and we go from there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were at the Combine and I reported that you know, Jasper Brinkley is going to likely hit free agency. Um, I think errors and errors, JPP, Prince, they owe it to themselves to hit free agency, even if the Giants are willing to make them an offer just to see what's out there. You know, I think Brown is, Jordan's right, Brown's a guy who maybe something could get done, but I also think there's a good chance he's going to hit free agency. And then it's probably Jordan's right, the rest of the lower guys, you know, Colin Jenkins. I mean, I think Dallas Reynolds is a guy that, you know, maybe they might be interested in locking up before everything starts, you know, as a, as a backup guard, good reserve guy. But for the most part, I expect most of the Giants' activity to come once we hit the new league year on March 9th. And that would make sense. And we're in, for, we're in store here for what's going to be a very fun month around the Giants. They have all this money in cap room. We will preview. We'll be back with you guys next week right before the tampering period begins. And then soon these guys will start signing. And maybe a lot of these Giants will come off the board, whether here with the Giants back or, or somewhere else sooner than later. So we'll be back with you guys really early next week, probably Monday, uh, with another episode of Talk is Cheap to preview free agency. And uh, it's going to be a big one. I'm sure you guys are ready to to cover it and write all about it because the Giants have, we're talking just under $60 million, right, Jordan? Yep, just under $60 million with the potential to be more because they did not address Victor Cruz yet. Not saying they're going to do that right now. That could be money that they could find later because he's not going to make $8 million this year after not playing for two years. But, as you said, it'll be fun because they have to spend the money somewhere. they got to find something to do with the money, so we'll see how that goes. We will see. Jerry Reese is going to be in charge of it, a new coach, and a lot of new players are coming in here. Jordan, as always, thanks for doing this. Anytime, Joe. We'll, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks, James. No problem, Joe. Thanks to all of you, too, for listening to Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. Make sure to follow and subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you can listen and want to listen, you can find Talk is Cheap, our Giants podcast on NJ.com. Back with you next week. <laughs>